Good morning, good morning. It's beautiful out. It's May. Summer is coming. How many of you had a mow already? Like five times, six times? Yeah, my dad, that's like a question. He'd be like, so when are you mowing? I'm like, I, I don't know, dad. Like, well, I have children. We don't know. Like, I, but I need to mow sometimes. And we have neighbors that live on both sides of us that like mowing's their second job. So it's always like the pressure of, oh my gosh, I got to keep up with the neighbors. And I got to make sure our house so they don't be like, oh, look at those people in their slummy yard. Um, so that's always precious. But yes, mowing is fun. It's happening. Barbecues. Anyone had a barbecue yet? Grilled outside. It's coming and it's in the air. So last week, if you missed it, boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. You missed a good one. So I was sitting right over here in this corner, dying, dying. So dad talked about conflict and Song of Solomon and intimacy. Yeah. So what a good day that was for most of you, except me. I had to listen to my dad discuss his intimate life with my mom. So fun, fun stuff for me. So it's my turn on stage now. And they say revenge is sweet. So I have a pie chart. No, I'm just joking. I'm not doing that. I kid, but seriously, that was super awesome fun for me. People are like, are you okay? No, I'm not okay. That's awful. I think everyone should have to listen to their parents talk about their sex life in front of them. I feel like that's something we all need to go through. So um, if it, maybe your turn is next week. I don't know. So don't mind me if you see me coming to the auditorium from here on out with like Kleenex stuck into my ears every time I enter in here. So this week, we're continuing with our series on marriage and parenting and relationships, and I am very excited about this topic. I didn't know this would be a topic that I would become passionate about, but here I am. I'm super passionate about it because we're going to be discussing parenting. Now, I know that seems like a very broad topic, and it is. It is very broad, and I've been a parent now for almost 10 years. I am shocked that Levi will be 10 in September. Like, how? I don't know if you, some of you probably knew me during this time of like me, you know, rearing children, but it was like, I was, had Levi two and then Dempsey one and pregnant again. And it just, it goes so fast. And you guys told me it was going to go fast and you weren't lying. You said it's going to go fast. And then some of you were like, you're going to miss it. Guess what? I don't miss some of those things yet. <laughs> I don't miss having three kids in diapers at once. Not yet, at least. I don't miss being woke up in the middle of the night by creepy children staring at you while you sleep. I don't miss that yet. But I feel like I'm past the rookie stage of parenting, but I haven't quite moved up to the pros yet. So I'm just kind of in this middle of this parenting world, and wow, what a ride parenting is. I remember when I was so naive and precious. Ah, oh, cute Keisha. When I thought parenting was just like a sweet formula you followed, like when I thought I would never let my kids have screen time ever, or eat processed food ever, or I would never yell, how cute was I? <laughs> and then you become a parent and you realize how totally off you really were, how parenting is far from a formula how it is busy and it is exhausting and they have a mind of their own, those little people that you created, which can be so cute and so funny and so frustrating and overwhelming. 
how they follow you around, how they depend on you, how they're like, mom, watch me, watch me twirl. Mom, watch me. Awesome. So cool. And how in the beginning you can't go and do anything without making sure someone responsible is going to watch them. When I first became a mom, I was super emotional. Like I'm already a 10 out of a 10 usually on emotional level, but then I hit like an all new epic high that I didn't know was possible. I'm pretty sure Brandon's still recovering from it, but I remember holding Levi and I was nursing him and I remember just crying. I cried at 8 p.m. on the dot for three weeks straight after I had Levi. But this time there was a reason because it hit me that Brandon and I could no longer just go and get wings when we wanted to. That if we decided to go out of the house, like, you want to go? I want to go. Great. And we would leave the house. We couldn't do that anymore. Like, we couldn't just go get wings. We had to call someone else up to come watch my child. I had to make sure he had food. They knew the routine. And then I could go get wings. And then I was going to worry about him the entire time while I'm eating the wings. And I remember just grieving just grieving the loss that it is no longer just me and Brandon. Like, life has changed, and it has altered. Side note, yes, you love those sweet babies. If you're a parent, you love them so much. When you see them for the first time and they're covered in all their goo, they're so cute. But let me tell you, parenting, no matter if you have biological children, if you've adopted or fostered, like, it is hard stuff. And it is okay that it feels overwhelming, and it is okay that you cry, and it is okay that you do not know what you're doing because no one does. No one does. I know there's so many moms that are like, no one tells you how hard this stuff is. And kids, they change everything, and it is not for the faint of heart. It is one of the most emotional-filled rides I've ever been on because kids are challenging. They are weird they are bizarre. They make bizarre choices. Like one of mine dips strawberries into ketchup, and that's so strange. And then it's like a roller coaster. But I think that kids get a bad rap a lot of the times. Sometimes it seems that we blame kids for things, and we aren't sure why they, don't, why they act like this nowadays, or why they don't respect, or why they don't work hard, and the list goes on and on. Can I tell you why? Parents. Yes, parents. And so because it comes down to the parent, parenting is one of the most important things that we address. And it doesn't matter what stage of parenting you are in, or even if you are not in a parenting stage, I promise there is something for you today to learn and to assess. But when we think about the future, kids are the future, but they are also the present. And what we do with the present will impact the future. If we do not address the present, the future will be impacted. If we do not choose healthy choices in the present, the future will reap the consequences. We have to be honest about our parenting. We have to sit in it and wrestle with it and be honest about it because the present and the future depend on it. Guys, straight up. Parenting is hard. I think you have notes. I gave notes this time. Last time I didn't. This time I did, unfortunately. So you have them if you want to fill them in. 
It's tough stuff, it's awkward, it's emotional. Some of my best friends and I, we text back and forth about our kids and our bad moments and we discuss how rough parenting is, the issue the kids are having, the failures we feel as parents, when we lock ourselves in the bathroom and pretend we're on the toilet going to the bathroom and we're crying, and it doesn't get lost on us how extremely hard it is. But kids are a gift. You heard me. They are a gift. They are so strange. They make really awful choices sometimes. They scream at undiscovered decibels. Little things trigger them. They have tantrums and meltdowns. They ask a bazillion and one questions. They don't like socks that make their toes feel funny. They want the green cup instead of the blue cup. They take 17 minutes to tell a one minute story. They don't want you to hug them in front of your friends anymore. Levi's at this age where we pull up at drop off and he doesn't want me to kiss him because the fifth graders are there. I'm like, buddy, fifth graders are so uncool, but whatever. So we have a deal. Thursdays, I can kiss him on the way out of school. That's it. That's our deal. That's our compromise. I can kiss him on the head on Thursdays. I love Thursdays. They stay in their room all day. They date the wrong people. They don't do their work and they lie. They get out of their bed 12 times in the night and they eat their boogers. They're weird. I work at a school now and I'll go in and teach like mental health lessons and I can't tell you how many times I've watched a kid eat a booger. It's really weird, but they are a gift. Psalm 127.3 says, children are a heritage of the Lord. Like they are from God, they are a gift and they surprise us. They do some of the sweetest things. Dempsey wrote me a note the other day on my bed after I went out with friends and it said, thank you for all the sacrifices you make for me. Oh my gosh, I know, right? Just my heart. They crave our time. They're unique. They laugh at their own dad jokes. They get messy and dirty. They snuggle. They call you when life hits the fan. They run home to you when life gets tricky. They want your meals and they need your hugs. They have gifts and talents and they are uniquely designed to spread light and impact this earth. So parenting can be both hard and wonderful all at the same time. Both things are true. Parenting is hard, yet it is wonderful and is an uphill climb that is laced with beautiful moments and heart-captivating memories. Parenting, like so many other things, they're full of seasons. There are some seasons that are full of peaks and some that are with valleys all through it and some seasons that are full of heartache and pain and others of joy and dancing. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8 echoes this. This is not on your notes, but... Write it down if you want to look it up. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And if you are a parent, you know this. You know there's a time for middle of the night feedings, diapers that leak with blowout, kisses for boo-boos, not being able to stand without swaying back and forth. For years, I just did this. 
a season of potty training and managing tantrums, a season of wet kisses and scabbed up knees. You know there's a season of sports and activities running around with a chicken with its head cut off, a season of divide and conquer and fast dinners and quick showers before bedtime, and then a season of smelly armpits and too much acts, of awkward junior high dances and braces and pimples and drama, a season of no control where you ride in the passenger seat white-knuckled while your little baby pretends that they're a grown-up and drives a two-ton steel machine down the highway while they hit the gas to reverse and they break 50 times while they're coming to a stop sign. <laughs> a season of heartache, let down, tear-stained pillows, a season of seeking where they belong and spending too much time in their room, where every interaction is paired with an eye roll and a tood a season of staying up late while for waiting for your child to get home safely. A season where you leave the lights on and jump at every noise until you know they're home where they belong, safe and sound. A season of arguing over what they should do with their time. A season of the battle of the wills. A season of deciding the future and praying you did enough. A season of releasing the reins and letting go. A season of taking your coach hat off and switching over to the spectator hat. A season for rooting for them hard, still seeing them as that chubby-cheeked, messy-faced baby that ran to you the moment you came home. And they snuggled deep into your arms, and yet here you are. They are no longer deep in your arms, but they're still deep in your heart, and they're playing their own game, and you're on the sideline. And as a parent, I've realized this. My kids are my whole world, but I am slowly becoming just a piece of theirs. And seasons are forever changing. It makes parenting really difficult, but it also makes it really, really vital because time is fleeting and time's ticking and we must refocus on views of parenting. We need to embrace the seriousness of parenting and hit reset and choose to parent with a purpose. No matter what season of parenting you are in, whether you're in the rookies or the pros, parenting must be done with purpose because parenting is extra hard when you don't parent with purpose. Parenting is tough stuff, but when you're just shooting in the dark, watching the days fly by without any aim in any direction, it becomes even harder. We as parents have to pause and ask ourselves, where are we going with this whole parenting thing? What is our purpose? What are we really aiming for and what are we hoping to accomplish? And each parent is at a different stage, but each stage should be purposeful and done with intention. So each parent should ask, what am I trying to accomplish in my children? At church, we use the orange curriculum here for our kids' ministry. And they say we need to parent with the end game in mind. And we do. Levi is nine. That means I have nine years left of him as a minor. And that first nine went, whoa, fast. And I think the second goes even quicker. And I am still in the coaching season, but from what I've heard and experienced already, the end game, it escalates quickly. Like one day you're watching them dance on the stage at kindergarten graduation, and the next time you're watching the tassel flip and you're packing up the car for college. And if it comes at us that fast, what is the purpose? What is it that you're parenting for? Not, we can't just parent so we can pass on our name or our genes can survive. Like, we can't just parent because we want authority and we want purpose because we are parent here. No, 
What if you want to accomplish as a parent? What is it? In the season of babies, in the season of toddlers, in the season of elementary kids, junior high, high school, college, adult children, what is your end game? What is your purpose you are parenting by? Without a purpose, you're simply just coasting. And parenting and raising kids is far too important to just let the dice fall as they wish. Very few things turn out in life well without a plan. Things that are really important like work, where we live, who we marry, who we hang out with, what we do with our finances, it needs a plan. And I believe parenting is one of the most important things. And if we do not have a plan to guide us, or if we do not do it with purpose, it has a major chance to crash and burn. So what is your parenting motto? What values are you living by and trying to instill in and through your parenting? Do you want to instill hard work? Levi has a friend that he is like a hardworking boy already, and I know it's because his parents have done it for him. They've taught him that. Family, loyalty, originality, balance, priorities, resilience and grit, critical thinking, faith. What is it? What's your aim? Proverbs 22, 6 says, start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Instilling certain values and being intentional in those values, that is what will stick with our kids. Parenting is not big moments. It's not the moments where we can snap a picture and post it. It's about investing in the small moments consistently. Showing up in the small moments, the minor times, it's the hug in the morning, the good listening at the dinner table, the game nights, the apologies, the putting the phone down and looking in their eyes, the playing in the yard times, the car rides to and from school, the small things, the moments that they can rely on you to invest in, those are the things that compound over time that make the biggest impact. What will we invest in? What we choose to invest in will grow. Harvard did a study on eating at the table as a family, and they said only about 30% of families eat together regularly at the table. Three out of 10. I'll have kids tell me all the time they eat alone in their room every night, or they eat in front of the TV. And you know what? Sometimes that is okay, but sometimes that dinner is what cultivates conversation. Goodness.org compiled a few other studies that said that eating together reaps these results. Better family relationships, healthier food choices, better grades, chance to explore new foods, greater happiness, healthier kids, and relieved stress. The small moments, the consistent times compound into great impacts. We're not just parenting for the present, we are aiming for the future. The present impacts the future, so we have to bring what we hope for, we want to accomplish in the future, we have to bring it into the now. If you bought property to build a house, and that's your goal is to build this beautiful home, but all you did was go visit the land, you looked around every time and you're like, well, I hope it turns out good one day. But you never met with contractors, you never made, made any plans to buy supplies, you never met with an architect to draw it out. The land wouldn't just produce a house one day, no matter how much you hope for it. It would still just remain a vacant lot. 
In order to get the house you want in the future, you would need to take the necessary steps, make the investment, take the time to actually see the house come to fruition, build it, put the supplies into it and the money. Parenting is the same. Imagine what you want for your kids and then take the steps necessary to get the result. If you want kind kids, you have to be kind yourself. We can't want kind kids and then verbally attack people or talk bad about people. If you want resilient kids, kids who can handle hard stuff, you can't let them quit all the things or tap them out when things get hard. If you want kids to know Jesus, we can't leave that out of our daily lives. If you want kids to be confident and have confidence, your words of affirmation will be vital in accomplishing that. What you speak to them will matter. The daily investments add up. I've also realized that even though we may do some amazing things in parenting, we are also royally messing our kids up. You are. You are messing your kids up. I am messing my kids up. Why? Because imperfect humans, raising imperfect humans, will always equal imperfection. I really wrestled with this. I really wanted to become a parent and knock it out of the park. I wanted to do all the right things. I wanted to handle every situation perfectly. I wanted my kids to see me as put together. I wanted them to admire me. But I quickly realized that what was another unrealistic goal was I had had so many moments of striking out instead of hitting out of the park. So many moments where I wish I could have a redo. And as much as I have not accomplished the perfect parenting goal, I've also really realized that my kids don't really want a perfect parent. They simply want a parent that is real and raw, a parent that owns up when they make a mistake and then attempts to learn from it and better themselves. See, the real scoop is this. Parenting is all about messing up and growing better. Can I get an amen? Anytime I can mess up, awesome. That's the best news ever. And it's great because we can just grow. We do not have to be home-run parents. We simply need to show up to the game and be ready to learn, adjust, make mistakes, apologize, own up, and be better. I can't tell you how many times in my profession I have heard that someone cannot recall one time their parent apologized to them. Some of you know what I mean. Some of you probably had parents that never apologized or said they were sorry. Maybe they never even acted remorseful even in the moments they were obviously not okay. And all you wanted was for them to recognize it, admit it, and do better. One of my favorite quotes is from Maya Angelou, and she said, do the best you can until you know better, then when you know better, do better. Isn't that beautiful? What a powerful statement. Do your best. Use the tools in your toolbox that you know. But then when you realize there's a better way or when you've grown and someone else has you know, modeled a better way, then do better. Add that tool to your toolbox and use it. We can't be so stuck on what we've always done that we are not willing to learn and grow and do better. We all make mistakes. It will happen in our parenting. 
whether you're parenting babies, toddlers, teens, or adults, you will get it wrong. But doing wrong isn't the issue. It's doing wrong and then acting like you didn't do wrong or doing wrong and then not trying to be better. Parents, we set the tone here. It is not your child's job to lead the way. It is not your child's job to lead your way. Our kids can totally own up to their own mistakes, but we are responsible for modeling that behavior. We are responsible for the pursuit of our children. We, the parents, are responsible for the pursuit of our children. We are responsible for trying to connect. We are responsible in setting the pace of owning our mistakes and doing better. One of my favorite verses as a kid is in Ephesians 6.4, and it said, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. My dad would always use that honor your father and mother verse. And I would play this card. Don't exasperate me, dad. <laughs> Two can play this game. But in all seriousness, that first part is a great reminder. We set the pace. If you are angry and you are noticing you are losing your cool, do not keep on going. If your kid says, I need a break, I don't want to talk, do not be offended by that. Let them have space. If we keep going and keep chiseling at it, that's when they are going to erupt. We need to do better as parents. Don't keep pestering them. Don't rile your kids up, especially if they have told you the words, no, stop. We need to listen to their no. We are the ones that model that boundaries. We model that their boundaries should be respected. I'm going to start getting warm because I'm passionate about this part. Okay. Also, train them up. You have to be the one to train. More is caught than taught. We just can't think we're doing a good job by saying the lessons we want our kids to learn. Oh, man, I do this where I'm like, you know, we need to love people. And then I'm like, you stupid person, why'd you do that? Like in the car, I, my dad, you know my dad, he talks about his road stuff. It's the same for me. And I'm like, I call them friends now. That's what I've learned from my dad is I just call them friends so it doesn't seem so bad. Okay, friend, why'd you make that choice? When I really want to hurt him, but we, we don't. But we must show our kids the lessons we want them to learn. We can also learn and be willing to do better, but we first have to admit when we screw up. We may not always know best, Sometimes our kids know better than we do. Morning sometimes can be rough in my household because we have, we'll get to this, I have a slow kid in the mornings and one day I was just losing it. I was crying, I was mad and I was yelling and, I, and then I yelled at the kids and I just cried on the way to school. I'm so sorry, guys. Mommy lost it this morning. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry I yelled at you. Mason from the back seat says, Mommy, it's okay, people make mistakes. This isn't who you are. Thank you, six-year-old little prophet, you know, wise little girl. <laughs> Like, wow, but like they teach us so much because our kids sometimes know better than we do. I know it sounds completely backwards, but it's true. Sometimes they'll be like, mom, you shouldn't have done that. Or when I get angry at someone, they might be, well, what if they're having a bad day, mom? What if they are? They teach me grace. They show me grace. They show me unconditional love. They listen to what makes them uncomfortable in their bodies, and then they set up boundaries without caring about people-pleasing. 
We lose that somewhere in our adult lives. They teach me so much, and all kids teach us so much, and we shouldn't be so arrogant to think just because we're older and we're grown that we know better than them. We need to be aware that they are looking to us. They are watching our reactions and our words. They are seeing what they should value and how they should act by watching us. And some days we do really good, and other days we blow it. And in the moments we blow it, the moments we mess up, we need to own up. There is nothing more damaging than doing something wrong and not making amends for it. That's how relationships suffer. That's when the damage occurs. Some of you have lived that. You've had a relationship that someone hurt you, someone wronged you, and that person did not make amends, and you're still noticing the effects. In James 5.16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other, And pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. Healed, confess. We need to confess so we can heal. It's up to us as parents to model this. Apologies are just the start, though. Confession is just the beginning. We then need to do better. We need to use our confessions and our apologies as a catalyst for improving our behavior. So no matter what season of parenting you are in, whether you have itty-bitties or grown adults, there's always time to own up and do better. I figured out there's this really great way to figure out what you need to work on as a parent. It's called Ask Your Kids. Ever since my kids were little, once I realized I wasn't perfect, I started to ask them these questions. I would say, what can mommy do to be a better mommy? When they were little, they would say, like, take us out on more dates and buy us ice cream. But now the answers look a little different. Don't yell at me when I forget to put something away. Because I do forget myself to do that. So are my kids, because they're humans. Mason is my sloth, bless her. There's a song that's like, snails see the benefits of beauty in every inch. Mason is my snail. She sees the beauty of every inch of her life, and it takes a long time to see a foot. She just really, really enjoys going slow, and she moves slowly, and she told me recently that I need to work on not being stressed in the mornings because it puts a stress ball in her belly, and she does not like it, and it's hard. And she's right. I need to do better at getting up earlier so I'm completely ready before we begin the morning. They also wanted parents to know that kids can get stressed too, not just adults. Sometimes when they tell me I'm too stressed or I yell too often or I don't spend enough time with them, it hits hard. And it hurts, and it hurts my ego, but this is how I grow, and this is how I get better, and this is how I know what they need me to change. This is how I own up to stuff and I improve. I asked a few of my dear friends to ask their kids the same questions, and here are some of the responses. Teach me more about how to handle emotions instead of telling me I'm fine. Talk to us more about others with unique qualities so I don't feel alone. Instead of saying no, give options. Stop saying that the switch will fry my brain. Trust us to make good decisions for dad to stop embarrassing me in front of others so much that when we're outside and we're fighting that you give us time to work it out instead of sending us inside right away. I wish we had more time to play with just you. I wish you would hug me more when I'm hurt and don't tell me no crying. I wish I knew I want more alone time with you. I wish you know about the toys you could get at the store. (laughs) If you knew the kid that said it, it would make so much sense. He's like one of the best. I wish parents had all the answers. 
And then we took it a step further, and I put it out there, and I said, what do we wish our parents knew? And then strong adults shared their hearts. I wish my mom knew how much it hurts me to see her smoke and not take care of herself. I wish she knew how desperately I wanted her to live forever. I wish my dad knew how to love us and support us wholeheartedly without having to agree with the path I'm taking or the choices I'm making. Like I wish he knew how it feels like when he judges my decisions, it actually feels like he's judging me as a human. I wish my mom knew how to have a real and deep conversation with me. It's like she always has a wall up and won't let it down. To actually be unconditional and present, to apologize, to choose us, to protect us, to advocate for us, to not walk out on us, to work on breaking cycles, to actually say I love you for the first time. I wish my dad knew how much it upsets me when he snaps at the kids and my mom. I also wish he would take care of himself so we can have him around longer. I just wish my mom would listen. No judgments, no comparisons, just hear what I have to say. It's never too late. It's never too late to readjust your parenting, to own up and do better. So my challenge is this. Ask the tough question. Sit down the next time you see your kids and ask them this question. No matter what stage you are in, even if you have adult kids, ask them. It may surprise you. It may be hard to hear, but it could also be so healing. How do you know if you don't ask? And then for all of us, what is it that you really wish your parents knew you needed or wanted? Some here, you may still have your parents some do not. No matter the scenario, we all had parents, and even if they were absent, that's how we're all here breathing and living life. What do you wish your parents knew you needed or you wanted? It's hard to change the things we never take time to identify. We can never adjust things that we have not pinpointed exist. This doesn't mean your parents were awful. If you get really protective over your parents, I would say you probably need to wrestle with this question a little bit. Because just because they had things that you wanted to change doesn't mean they were bad parents. Most parents do their best. They work with the toolbox they have, but there is nothing wrong with adding new tools into the toolbox or throwing some old ones out. So let's ponder. What do you wish your parents knew you needed or wanted? I realize so much as I've gotten older that that little Keisha still sometimes parents out of my own insecurities, and I think it's pretty true for all of us. Be honest, be open, and then share it with someone. We can celebrate our parents and still grieve what we wish they did differently. We can adore them and still want something to be different. And now, whatever it is you wish your parents knew you needed and wanted, how can you bring that into your life? How can you live more like that now? How can you change the thread of some negative family cycles? Maybe it isn't just the way you parent, but maybe in the way you simply live life. I want to say this. I do not know your story. I don't know your family dynamics or the past parenting cycles passed down from generation to generation that you've been exposed to. Some dynamics and cycles are beautiful and some are toxic. Scientists have recently discovered that trauma up to two generations changes our genetics and our DNA. So my grandparents' trauma 
has changed me. Your grandparents' trauma, your parents' trauma has changed you. I don't mean trauma doesn't mean like abuse or it doesn't have to mean like a tragic accident. It can be just little things, not being listened to over and over and over again. Being yelled at. Not knowing when mom or dad's coming home. But I do know that no matter what cycle you have, that it takes a very courageous person to break a negative and toxic cycle. It takes a strong person who is willing to examine the cycles in their family and decide the negative cycle ends with them. And to break a cycle is the bravest and one of the most painful things someone can do. Because if you are saying it ends with you, that's what you're saying, and you're gonna feel all of it hit you like a ton of bricks. Everything every family member put away or didn't deal with or the hurts that they never talked about, when you decide to end a cycle, you are going to feel all of the pain hit you. All of the toxicity, all the negative choices and decisions, when you decide to break the cycle, you will be the one to have to sort through all of that, but you will be the one that says enough is enough. And if you break the toxic cycles that have lingered for far too long, your children will thank you. Your children's children will thank you. It can change with you. Parenting is hard. And we will mess up. And we can own up. And we can do better and we can grow. And our children are looking to us. We as parents, we are the pace setters. We are the trainers. We are the models. I believe most of us want to do our best. I believe that. But we are human. And parenting is not about perfection, but about progress. And I think some parents just don't know what they do, so they tap out. They're just like, I don't know. Learn. Research. Ask. Go seek someone to talk to about it. There's a season for everything, a season for mess-ups, but also a season for growth. And we can always learn, and we can always grow. Will you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for kids, as weird as they are, as hard as it is, we thank you. We thank you for the kids in each of our lives that we can know, that we can impact. I ask that we will take it serious, though, because it goes in a blink of an eye. But really, it comes down to just wanting to do better and grow in. And I ask today, God, that we will be willing to do that. We will be willing to grow. We will be willing to learn and just do better that we will make those uncomfortable steps because dealing with people is uncomfortable. Saying I love you for the first time is uncomfortable. Apologizing is uncomfortable. Those things feel so uncomfortable, but discomfort doesn't kill anyone. And so we, may we just learn to push through that discomfort so we can get to a stage of healing and thriving, a stage where we break the cycles and we say no more toxic cycles. We're done with it. We want better for ourselves. We're not just going to say, well, this is how it's always been. No, let's do better. Thank you, Jesus, as a father, that you are a good father. 
that you model grace and love and mercy and forgiveness because these are things that we as parents need. And we thank you for setting the pace in that. Thank you for your goodness and your love. Thank you, Jesus, for fresh starts that we can become new, that our brain changes after every interaction we have. So our brains are different from the moment we've walked in to the moment we leave, and we thank you for the ability to grow. Help us to forgive. Help us to forgive the people in our lives, the parents in our lives that maybe have hurt us. Whether they're gone, whether they're here, whether we have a distant relationship, help us to work on forgiving. Help us to wrestle with that in our hearts. Help us to choose to forgive daily because forgiveness is not just a one and done thing. Forgiveness is a daily choice. Help us as well, Jesus, if we need to own up to something and do better. Give us the strength to do better and to make better choices for our kids so they have less to forgive. We love you so much. We thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness. We love you very much. In Jesus' name, amen.